one of the most unique podcasts on the planet. Hey, bus driver. Hey, bus driver. Hey, bus driver. The show about everything related to student transportation. If you're a student transportation professional, you found your show. Hey, bus driver. Exploring the entire school transportation universe. Talking to interesting and inspiring people, exchanging ideas, promoting student transportation industry growth, and sharing a few funny stories along the way. Now, live from Phoenix, Arizona, this is Hey Bus Driver, and this is Jason Nelson. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Hey Bus Driver podcast. Uh, today, we're, I mean, we're swimming away, away in... Uh, Summertime. What are we? Mid July. We just had Fourth of July, so um, you know we're we're cooking away. I think we're three weeks away from school starting again, and seems like it just ended. So I've got uh, Chad back with us. Chad, thanks Hello. for joining. And uh, Andy Gall from Synovia. Uh, we are going to talk a little bit. Well, we're going to talk a lot about a little bit um, about student ridership and. Uh, pretty cool product out there um, that Synovia Solutions puts on, and you know we'll just kind of touch base on what what's out there for student ridership. So Andy, thanks for joining us. Chad, thanks for being back. And how's everybody doing today? Great. Thanks for having me on today. Good. Good. How's uh, Indianapolis weather treating you? Good. <laughs> About uh, eighty-eight with eighty-eight percent humidity. It's it's a wonderful summertime out here. Oof. Is that normal? Beautiful. Yeah. Is that yeah. is that anything close to like what Oklahoma gets, Chad? Uh, it's probably about ninety-eight in Oklahoma. It's probably six seventy percent humidity right now. So yeah, it's similar. Same. Yeah. I think miserable. The, the one thing that you guys, that at least both those states get that we don't, is a thing called rain. So, uh, at least here in the valley, we we don't seem to get too much of it, but. Um, you know, our supposed monsoon weather season is kicking up and, uh, we got a little, very little bit on Saturday right before the 4th. So that definitely helped up North with all the fires that we have going on, but, um, you know, coming out of TAA and getting rested up and whatnot, Andy, it was good to see you up there. What'd you think of that was your first time coming to the show? What was, what was that like? Yeah, it was, uh, I was really impressed with, uh, the, the community, of, of all of the transportation departments and that everybody it's it's not about a division and competitive um, spirit between them it's cooperation and how can each district help each other and you know stories of you know a, a large district who has dedicated trainers providing support to a smaller district that may not have those same resources and you know it, it was the the cooperation just just stood out in one big uh, transportation family it was, it was proud to be a part of it it was great Awesome, and it was good, really good seeing you. We we're glad that um, you know Synovia was able to make it out. You were able to to make it out. Was it your? I mean, obviously, I, I'm sure you probably traveled other states. What are other states kind of look like? Very similar type uh, conferences or, or vendor shows. Uh, well, most of the ones I've done have been more national, and so there's there's very you know not the same same level of camaraderie. Um, and so, uh, and obviously last year they were all virtual. So it was just great to get, get in person with people again right. and, and have some uh, social time and, and get caught up with people. So that, that part was great. Yeah. And Chad, since we've been back, you've been uh, busy since the fiscal year just started or turned over for the, the new year? 
Yes, very busy. Yes, and I'm sure. Yeah, you know, I'm sure. Um, Help secure some bus bills. You know, kind of lock that down. My costume. But um, yeah, no, we've been really busy getting out quotes, getting buses delivered, and just uh, quite a, quite a bit going on. Zero complaints, and uh, it's good to be uh, busy like this again for sure. Yeah, it's uh, for sure picking up. You know, we're we're like I said, we're seeing it on our end at the the school level. You know, parents are starting to figure out. Like, obviously now my kid needs to be back in school in three weeks and I got to register. I got to figure out how to get him on the bus. So, um, you know, there's kind of segues us into this, this type of technology out there. Um, you know, that, that helps identify students to which bus they're supposed to be on and, um, you know, where they get on and off and how to give parents that information. We'll talk a little bit about that before, but before we do, Andy, um, just kind of briefly, how'd you get into student transportation, uh, and starting to work with Synovia. So I uh, went to went to college to be a teacher. Um, and when uh, I, was, I was getting out of school, uh, at, a, at the time it was called a computer endorsement. So basically, uh, you you knew a little bit more about computers and, than uh, than most teachers. But that was about the extent of it. My first job with a local school was was in their IT department, and so I spent 17 years in, in IT support at the, at the school district. And then 2014, uh, I started to to look for something different, and uh, found Synovia. And uh, my background with, with schools and school budgets and how operationally they they function, uh, it was a, a natural uh, transition to get into supporting school services. And so that's where I uh, joined Synovia in 2014. And then, uh, what was it, 2019, CalAMP, who was our uh, hardware provider, purchased uh, Synovia. And so we're the kind of the, the software arm of the hardware, which is CalAMP. Got it. So so what is Synovia? I mean, we've, I think those of us kind of bus gurus and geeks and, you know, technology nerds kind of know what it is. I think some people that are, you know, that have been in the industry for a while, they hear the name, but they don't necessarily know what Synovia does or, or um, how it supports student transportation. Sure. So Synovia is, you know, at a foundation is, is GPS tracking. So where is the bus in, in tracking it and giving, you know, transportation offices the ability to where is the bus now and where has it been? And it started off with just, you know, where is the bus? Um, and then, uh, more and more as the, the, the technology evolved is, is also what is the bus doing? So when did the door open? When did the stop arm come out? When did the ambers come on? When did they use the lift? Are they speeding? Are they idling? Are they uh, you know, following the, the path that they're supposed to be on? And so it, as not only what the bus was doing, but then it turned into, uh, we call it comparative analysis, where we're going to bring in the, the routing plan and we import in routing data from, from all the major routing systems and, and give the transportation, the dispatcher, and both the router uh, some, some reporting and visualization of plan versus actual. So what was supposed to happen and what did happen, and then you know, give them some, some data to be able to make some, some decisions about better ways to, to do their routes as well. Um, and then after the... Uh, evolution of this is all great information for for the for the office was wouldn't parents love to see this information then as well 
And so it uh, evolved into a, a parent app, and ours is called Here Comes the Bus. So it gives parents the ability to see where the stop is supposed to occur and, and when, uh, and then to get notifications when the bus gets close. And, and then it evolved in even further to did my child scan on and off the bus? So we have from a you know, where is the bus to where is it supposed to be to showing that to the parents and then given that peace of mind, especially, you know, the, the two working household where mom and dad are both gone when it's time for the kid to get picked up or they're not home in the afternoon in time. So a parent is able to, to know that their child is safe at all times and as well. Sure. So, I, th- I, I mean, obviously this technology is, I wouldn't say super new, but probably in the, at least when I got in in 2010, there wasn't there wasn't this yet right and it seems like it's grown exponentially in the last uh few years anyways i know that um some of us here locally josh obviously wasn't able to be here but has really helped kind of grow the synovia platform from what when i first got in kind of the word tracking right parents really or or the community maybe it was perceived um you know, this negative word, right? My, my kid's going to be tracked. What are they going to do with the information if it, if they if they lose their badge or um, any of those types of things? I mean, what what have you seen? Have you seen that before or seen that in the communities that um, maybe you're going and, and putting this, helping implement this product? But at the same time, you know, what has that been like when you've all of a sudden have these parents that realize, wow, this is a good thing and I can actually see when and where are my students getting on and off the bus at? Yeah, I think that first uh, negative connotation of, of Big Brother was from, from drivers. Um, and, you know, you're not going to track my bus. And what it turned into was, you know, instead of Big Brother to, to catch you doing things wrong, it's it's Big Brother to, to help you and protect you. So now when a, you know, a parent calls in and says, you know, uh, the bus was speeding down my street, well, you've, now you've got hard data to say, no, they weren't speeding. That was, you know, 22 and a 30. It, it's a big yellow bus and it seems like it's uh, it's speeding, but in reality, it's it's still performing a safe route. Um, and so now we're able to, to defend your drivers and as well. And then the same thing kind of happened from a here comes the bus. There's uh, from a parents who at one time there was a little bit of uh, a negative connotation of, of tracking the kid. But as society has evolved too, the the analogy was, you know, you I can tell you where my Amazon box is, or I can sure. I can know exactly where my pizza is, but I don't know where my kid is. Yeah. And so it was this. That's the expectation of society is to is to know where they are, uh, and to be able to to know that they're safe. And the number of times that uh, you know the, the lost child that's kind of probably the number one fear of any transportation office is that that uh, that's what keeps you up is is losing a child and now if we have some tools that can a help you find the child sooner but more importantly help you prevent the lost child those are all you know in the in the vein of safety for the kids uh, a, a very worthwhile endeavor sure and i i mean not just to clarify a little bit it's not like a tracking app that, a tracking app that goes on your phone it's more of something that is just a basically a PVC card or an ID card that a student's scanning on and off the bus. So if a student became lost, they, you know, we wouldn't be able to just track their phone or track their badge and where they were going. Exactly. Yeah. So when a student presents their ID card, whether it be RFID or, or barcode, 
we know where the bus is and we know when and where the student scanned their, where the bus was when the student scanned their card. So all we know is when they boarded and when they exited the bus. And so from there, you were able to see, you know, basically how, how, how close to that area could they, could they be? Um, some districts have taken it a step further and then also, you know, scanning as they enter and exit the building as well. So you not only know when they exited the bus and then when they scanned into the building and vice versa, when they're leaving the building at the end of the day. So just a matter of holding all those, uh, you know, where, where could they be at those times of day? It is, it is interesting though that you could track your pizza before you could track your kid. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I mean, I get it. You know, I want to know where that pizza's at. <laughs> yeah, the old thirty-minute guarantee. I want to make sure it's showing up quickly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So obviously, there. You know, you kind of touched on it a, a few minutes ago, just about how much data is there, and I think once you get in, if if you have prospective clients that were coming in to to see it and feel it could be probably a little overwhelming i know that as as we were doing the pilot it it, it felt that way right there are so many different reports and, and so many different levels of information that depending on what you were looking for you could probably get out of it what what would you say is a good starting point for you know a district or or a department to come on and, and take a look at let's say they already have gps but maybe they want to implement um student ridership on their buses and you know what what should they be looking at um you know kind of to get out of the product so to speak if they if they bring it on yeah, I think number one is is your behavior, and it's a, there's there's going to be a time of conditioning for making sure the students have their card and they're you know, ready to present it every time that they board and exit, um, and so the the maybe even the first year, but definitely at the beginning of a of a usage, it would be um, just getting kids to scan, uh, and then the drivers being able to make sure that the right kid is on is is boarding their bus, and it, you know it'll alert them if if somebody who's not so, who's not scheduled to ride that bus is attempting to board so that, you know, first grader who's trying, you know, normally gets on the first bus in the row. Well, today they're out of order uh, and they just out of habit are trying to board the wrong bus. That's we're going to, you know, try to prevent those things. Um, But as you mentioned, we've got districts that have been using this for almost 10 years now. And so what, what they've asked for as they've evolved, all right, great. Now we have all the scan data can you now give us, you know, attendance information and contact tracing and show me the stops where nobody scanned on? So, yeah, that's all great data that you you have available to you. But but step one is just getting the behavior of scanning on and off and letting the driver, um, you know, interacting with the kid to make sure that the, the, the right student is at the right stop. So where's the where's the data coming from? I mean, is it coming out of routing program, a student database? Uh, like how does it get to i assume the tablet that's on the bus how's it how's it getting there yeah so so physically in in the bus there's a barcode reader or an rfid reader it's attached to the gps device that gps device is communicating over the cellular network to the synovia servers and every night the synovia servers are getting route data from whatever routing system you have so we know by route, by stop, every student who should be boarding or exiting that that bus, and so as the you know the 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 data is synchronized from the routing system to Synovia and Synovia to the tablet, 
So as that student scans their card, it's all given real-time information back to the driver then as well. Got it. I can definitely say that, you know, as we were going through the pilot and I was, like I said, really hoping that we could get some others that had already had a, a year, a couple of years under their belt. Um, but just in our quick time frame, I know that a lot of people were very concerned about, you know, what happens if a kid loses their card or what happens if, um, you know, we get new students or kind of the no pass, no ride mentality. And I think that's one of the things that a district would need to decide if they're going to implement that or not. Um, obviously in the mornings we take everybody, uh, and figure it out when we get to school, but in the afternoon, if they don't have their card or they forgot it or whatnot, there are, like you said, there are cases where you can be manually scanned onto, uh, the bus if you're on the roster, but let's say it's a new student or somebody, I mean, what kind of protections are there if, um, you know, Johnny's trying to go home with Timmy and Johnny doesn't ride the red bus going home. You know, how does that, how does that stop him from getting on the bus and, and make sure that we're getting uh, the proper people involved? So we're going to, we're going to take the scan either way. And, and the driver might get an alert saying that this student was not scheduled to ride the bus. And so he, all right, you know, red flag, some, something's out of, out of the plan. And now that, you know, Timmy then hand, you know, will show the driver his note saying, here's my note from my, my parent and see my teacher signed it or, or whatever your local policy is. Uh, then the driver knows it's okay to let the student board and, and maybe they're getting off at another stop today. So again, all of the, um, the information is going to be stored. We're just alerting the driver to anything that's not on the plan. Uh, same thing kind of happens if, uh, let's say a student forgets their card or maybe they haven't uh, they haven't been given a card yet the, the driver knows I'm at let's say stop three the tablet tells me that these five kids are scheduled to get on at stop three and it, even if the student doesn't have the card the driver can can click on their name and say that they've that they've boarded so you know you know the exact numbers of that are on there if let's say it's a brand new student and your your policy is to take the kid to school, even if they're not on the manifest and they don't have a card, um, the driver does have an opportunity to enter a visitor. And at that point, your your counts are going to be right, but you know who the actual passenger was uh, isn't recorded by the driver at the time, but can be entered manually by by the office after the fact then as well. So uh, a lot of times it's you know the, the end goal is to make sure your attendance is is 100% accurate, um, so there are some tools to be able to you know, manage those scans at a manual scan uh, after the fact as well. So you, you kind of mentioned a little bit that there's some interaction from the driver to the tablet. Um, obviously, you know, more and more, uh, in, you know, laws that are coming out about interaction with mobile devices while in transit. Um, several states that haven't even, you know, adopted um, the use of navigation or, a, you know, some sort of device that can help with route navigation. What, what has that been like? And, and, can, or, and can you talk a little bit about, you know, is there, does it just go into clock mode or is it, um, you know, how does, how does the driver able to interact with it while they're, um, I guess, driving their route? Yeah, there, there, there are a couple things you, you brought up there. So number one is that the tab, we've, we've been talking about ridership. Well, that tablet also can do turn-by-turn -turn navigation. So uh, typically, we don't want the tablet to do a whole lot of thinking. We want it to follow the route exactly as it's been 
entered into the routing system. So maybe it's the, the further path to take, but it gets you your, your right side pickups or the, the path that we want the route to take. So the turn-by-turn directions are all going to come from, from the routing system in that regard. Uh, you, you're right in that nearly all states have some guidance or restriction about what interaction the driver can have with technology. Uh, for example, in Georgia, their their state law was that there can be no electronic device within the driver cab, and so they there there were there could be nothing. So they uh, we we actually went and met with the state director, and we drove a route with a driver holding that piece of paper and trying to follow a route sheet and and how accurate and how safe. And so how often is his, are his eyes off the road? Uh, are they able to get to the right place just following that, that paper sheet? And, and then we had uh, the same driver run a different route, but using the turn-by-turn navigation from the tablet. Uh, and it was a week later that that state director changed their law to say this is a much safer way to be able to direct a, a driver. You know, you make sure at uh, you know, 6 a.m. in the morning, it's, it's dark outside and the driver is trying to hold a piece of paper read turn-by-turn directions or the other one you hear is that listening to the the six-year-old behind him in the first seat tell him how to get to the next stop neither of which (laughs) are 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 ideal from a safety or consistency you know standpoint um i mean that seems like a no-brainer like how old was this director i mean good grief like that's a no-brainer isn't it to have yeah yeah, go ahead sorry go ahead i mean it's you know think of the days you had the, the old atlas or the old paper map you know i mean everyone would hate to go back to those days and it wasn't safer unless you pull over and stop but if you're picking up and dropping off kids you can't pull over and stop constantly and, and read the map yeah but you have i mean look at our state chat and that dps hasn't come out and and openly penned or put it into minimum standards that says that we can have this and actually have it in use the workaround is is that they put basically put a tablet on that either goes into a clock mode and gives you audible turn-by-turn directions. Well, you know just as well as I do when you have, uh, you know, it's 115 out outside right now, all the AC going, 70 kids in a bus, you're not going to be able to, you know, no matter how loud those directions are, it's really going to be difficult to hear them, you know, versus being able to just glance at will and being able to see a screen. I don't think that, you know, there's there's people that just don't aren't willing to go and kind of champion this yet and put it and say, I recognize this, and I, I appreciate that where you were, Andy, and that they've changed their their mindset on that after seeing it actually in place. It'd be very interesting if there was an actual report or some sort of, you know, um, written something, written report that came out that, that could be shared with people that are in, like, places like me, you know, that are trying to champion technology like this to, to have it be approved and and installed on school buses. Yeah, the, 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 you should make this happen, Jason. Here's another thing to add to the list of things that you need to do: is put this on there. Go get with DPS, do this, do that whole presentation with them. Well, so there you go. Add that to the list. Yeah, I mean, the, I think the big thing is, is they just want to manage the law and minimum standards. They don't want to actually have anything to do with writing it or changing it. So, you know, that's where we're separate in Arizona. We don't have a Department of Education that we do have Arizona Department of Education, but we're not governed by them. Right. So um, where many other states and Andy could probably talk a little bit about this is that there are 
states that have their school bus, their whole school bus departments basically report to ADE or their Department of Education and they oversee the governance of it. So, um, you know, that's where I think that they see it. They they're still probably have their troopers that go and just, you know, make sure the vehicle inspections are done. But as far as like the actual operation of the school bus, much different. Andy, do you, do you know anything about that? Yeah, and, and each state is, is a little different. You know, North Carolina and Georgia, transportation's run at the at the county level. And so when they, they purchase buses, they're, they're all owned by the state, and then they're just managed by each at the county level. Um, and so getting, you know, purchases and approvals are all, you know, a little larger scale. I mean, you imagine if uh, all of Maricopa County was, was one transportation office, that would be um, – pretty good size fleet sure. but they're pretty hard to, to to manage that way as well so um you know you you it's kind of like all laws it, it started off somebody got in an accident because they were look they were texting on their phone and then they said never again is that going to happen we're going to have a law that says there's no electronic distraction in the cab and so without considering is that really the, the best safest way to do it so until you get somebody's attention to say there's a better way that can be safer and we can provide a, a better solution. Uh, it, it's nobody wants to you know put their name on that to say, I'm the one that changed this law and then something negative happened. That, that's human behavior appears to be one of the you know struggles of getting those kinds of, of changes to be made. And you know the, the other unique thing that came out of Georgia was, was their perspective was that um, so that the tablet is blanked out anytime the bus is in motion. And so you have to come to a stop in order to, let's say, look at the list of passengers that are supposed to be on board. Well, they also said, anytime your door is open, you should be, all your focus should be on the boarding process. The vehicles around you, the students boarding the bus, none of it should be on manipulating the, the tablet. So they their tablets are also forced to go blank anytime the door is open. So the only time the driver can use the tablet is if they're at a stop and the door is closed. So there, there's a, a second level of, um, you know, distraction limitation on on those tablets as well. Um, but that's been the, the great part about, you know, developing the technology is that we you have all the different, I'll say, options and configurations to, to meet whatever uh, the needs are. And so today it's all locked down and they might find out and, you know, a year from now, know what? Showing the map is better than just the next direction. Well, we, you know, one more change, and now you you've got the that that access available to you as well. And I I did just in our pilot being able to like see the map when the bus was stopped. Obviously, we had ours blacked out so that when the bus was in motion, we couldn't we couldn't have um, you know a map displayed. But when the bus was stopped, we were able to um, you know. That, that's what was helpful was I could count how many streets till my next turn or I could see the little pin that was put on the map to say, here's your next stop. Um, those were, you know, some kind of nice features that were in there um, just from a substitute standpoint, right? I don't get to drive a route every single day, the, the same route. So it's oftentimes that I'm on a different route or, you know, subbing here and there and not exactly sure where I need to go or where I need to stop. So being able to see that was very, very helpful. And I think that's one of the things that you probably – you know, what can you say about once you've been 
once Synovia ends up in a department, how many of the route drivers actually use the navigation turn by turn where they obviously know where they're going versus how many substitute drivers that or mechanics that might be using if they're subbing a route? I would say, you know, after the, uh, you know, after the first couple of weeks of school or, you know, a new route that you're driving, most drivers don't innate, you know, don't say start navigation, that your navigation, you know, turn by turn directions are going to be obviously more useful to your subs and your mechanics who are, who are filling in. Um, there are some drivers I'm talking to that, that they run it every day just because it's, it's on and it doesn't, doesn't hurt. Uh, and it still knows as they get to each stop who the, the passengers are expected to be there. Um, but I, I, you know, the, most of those drivers that it's the same route they've been running all year. Um, they're, they're not relying on that transportation or on the, the, the navigation engine to, to tell them how to get to each stop. Sure. But to be, to be fair, uh, if that route changes, uh, it's it's going to be reflected in that next day's uh, import then as well. Got it. So as far as like plan versus actual or, you know, some of the other reports that came out, I, I know that you also, I don't want you to talk a little bit about um, kind of what you guys did for COVID. I think you called it, was it Bus Guardian or what was the the title of of the, that report or that kind of add-on that was available to kind of help contact trace students and how many students were on bus with another student and kind of just, you know, can you talk a little bit about that of, of what is available? Cause I'm sure the COVID's obviously not going away for a while. So, um, you know, what options are out there to help people kind of um, contact trace for students that are on the bus? Yeah. So the, 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 when COVID came out, we we're, the the consistent or repetitive request we got was kind of this this package and and if we really dumb it down to you know mcdonald's it's the, the number one you know what value <laughs> meal are you looking to get sure. well that was the, the kind of the package that everybody was asking for i need something that's going to student ridership and ridership verification and give me some of these reports and verify that the bus was cleaned on these dates and all those kind of things so all a collection of all of those different modules and honestly, modules we've had around for, for 10 years were kind of collected into this package called the Bus Guardian. And if you go to busguardian.com, it kind of walks through what, what all those were. One of the features of the Bus Guardian package uh, was our contact tracing report. So um, the, what most people are looking for, so a, a student has been identified Typically, your, your nurse would call and say, you know, Billy has been diagnosed with COVID as of last Tuesday. Well, if you don't have anything in place, um, I hear two things. One is that maybe your driver was keeping an attendance on paper. Usually not. But they're being asked, you know, who was on the bus with Billy last Tuesday? <laughs> that's, that's been, a, you know, 10 days ago. I have no idea, I'll, you exactly. know, who was on there. Um, so you're pulling camera footage. And A, you got to identify Billy. When did he get on and who else got on with Billy? Because just knowing who was scheduled to ride the bus doesn't get you anywhere close to the, the kind of information that you need to be able to make some quarantine decisions. So with our, our contact tracing report is you, you put in Billy's name and the date range, you know, so from last Tuesday through today. And we're going to show you how many minutes um, on any bus that Billy was on that every other student was on the same bus as Billy at the same time. And we call that primary exposure. Uh, originally when CDC guidance came out was, you know, that the, the virus could live on a surface for 
you know, up to two days after somebody rode the bus or something. So there was a lot of concern over secondary exposure where Billy rode and then that bus was contaminated um, with the virus for, for 48 hours or whatever afterwards. So the we want to be able to measure how many minutes somebody spent on that bus after Billy. And so you're able to, again, run that same report to show how many minutes, whether it was every other student in contact with Billy, and then how many minutes were they on the bus after Billy got off. And we call that secondary exposure. So both of those have been a huge help. And so, you know, now CDC is talking about, you know, within six feet for 15 minutes or, you know, as the, as the guidance changes from day to day, you know, you have all of the information you need to be able sure. to make an educated, uh, you know, guidance to your, your, your team about it then as well. Yeah. As far as like um, state reporting, you know, do people, are people using this to track students to report students for, you know, um, state funding or mileage since there is GPS? What does that, you know, what does that look like and how, how durable um, is the information that's coming out of it um, that people have been able to, you know, use that as a pretty a primary source of this is my my paperwork. It's yeah. It, it, there are a couple of ways they're being used. Number one is from attendance standpoint. So for Medicaid reimbursement, you know, you're eligible to get reimbursement, transportation reimbursement, if you transport a child to a school or a resource for Medicaid eligible services. Um, so kind of to work backwards is what days did they receive those services? And then did you provide transportation on those days? So our attendance report has been a, a huge help to be able to validate that the days that they receive services, they also receive transportation. Uh, the second one uh, was, was probably more from the standpoint of, uh, you know, how many miles were transported. And the way that we capture it is how many miles did the bus travel that day? But most Medicaid services want to know what that what direct distance or that school to home distance, which isn't the path that the bus took. So that's usually going to be more of a, I'll say a hard coded, but a, a calculated distance from school to student, um, not the actual distance of the of the vehicle. So um, I know like like Tucson, we're working through a process right now for them to be able to collect this information and submit it, um, you know without having to manage all of the data, here's their attendance, here's all your Medicaid reimbursement forms. Um, so to be able to collect those in, in one swoop today, we kind of have to merge those together with the transportation with that direct school to home um, distances that are that are saved. So it's, it's, it's really still just a, a, a two-step process right now. Got it. What's that look like for, I mean, obviously the student ridership, student tracking, most of our uh, mainstream or general ed general education students are able to you know take care of themselves but when you start talking about our special population special needs you know you've got a lot of uh, students that aren't ambulatory they're they're really not able to help themselves do you see IAs and uh, bus monitors help scanning students on or are they just going in and manually scanning through the tablet or do you do you hear stories of um, kids that want to participate in that when they under, once they understand, you know, how it works. Yeah, there's, there's really, there's, there's kind of two schools of thought on uh, one, uh, population it, it they want a, the student to, to learn that life skill of being able to present their card and scan on and scanning off. And, and it's a, a big part of their day is, is to be able to, 
you know, present that card and scan on and they get the, the, the ding that they've done it right. Uh, and they take their seat. You know, it's, it's a little harder just where the, uh, for your, your wheelchair students uh, who are you know, boarding maybe in the rear of the bus to, to get them to the front where the scanner is. Uh, so in most of those cases, it's the driver who's just going to, you know, select the student name off, off the tablet itself. Um, but the solution offers e either, either option. So uh, I, I've seen both work, work really well. Gotcha. What do you, what do you think are the, this is probably one that I really wanted to ask one of our other directors that I had hoped to be here, but from, since you've been in this and, and working with several, you know, groups around the, the country, what do you think is the biggest challenge or the biggest setback from getting, I mean, to Chad's point, this is, this is technology that probably should be on every school bus in the country, right? But yet there's so many that haven't either secured funding or, or don't see a need for it or fill in the blank, right? What, what do you think is the, maybe the, the biggest kind of pushback or the biggest setback that you see that um, districts or departments are having um, a struggle with, with getting this type of technology implemented on the school bus? I think the, the, the biggest one is that this can't be just a transportation initiative. You, you have to have the support of, of the entire administration specifically. Um, so you, you need to get a, a card to every student. And if a student doesn't want to or fails to bring their card, they're, the building administration has to be uh, in, involved and, and also recognize the value of all this attendance information. So the ones that have the most success, they it's the same card. It's every student is required to have that card just as 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 they're in school. Um, that the same card might be used for cafeteria or for library or you know sporting events. That it's not just a bus pass. That it's also how you know it's a school function. Um, and, and really, with contact tracing and the safety of kids, it's really given some districts that needed a little more, um, I guess, emphasis on, on making that a mandated uh, part of their process is that every student has a card um, that, that they've really seen it. And the ones that have had the most success, it's not just a transportation, but it's it's a, a district-wide initiative. Uh, and that would that's probably the, the number one, um, you know, keystone for a successful implementation. Have you guys seen a just kind of off school bus, but uh, have you maybe with the the you know covid and everything has there been a request to implement this like in a classroom or in a in a meeting space where kids have to you know now they have a card so they scan into you know their first period and then use it as like attendance but also tr contact tracing through the school have they has, has anybody yeah, requested yeah. anything stole like my that? question i was holding that for a little bit and they going still my question well, oh, if you read the outline, Chad, I would question, be able Chad. to give you uh, credit or at least <laughs> tee you up for that. Yeah, I, yeah, fair enough. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Amy. Answer, answer my question that Jason stole. <laughs> uh, the answer is yes. Um, and and I've seen pockets of it for different, uh, I'll say, other, other vendors or, or solutions that are coming out, you know, seen some in, in Missouri and some in Ohio that say, hey, we're using this solution for classroom attendance or building attendance. Uh, can we integrate with it? So most recently was somebody in, in Pennsylvania 
that they've been trying for a couple of years to try to get something involved on their buses. Um, but they've, they've got it working on their building. And so that now they, they, they want to integrate it to a, a scanning system on their, on their buses as well. So it is growing. Um, and maybe four or five years ago when there was, I don't want to say the, the rash of, you know, school shootings and the, the safety issues that were came up out, especially out of Colorado, um, maybe four years ago, every student having an ID and scanning in and out of buildings was uh, really a, a high priority. Uh, and so adding it to the bus was, was kind of a natural next fit. But uh, so far, most people who contact me about adding ridership, it, it's, it's from a, a, a busing or transportation need. Uh, and the second consideration is how else will the district use this information? Um, that's starting to pivot a little bit more where they already have student IDs and they're already doing some of those. And so that, that's the exception right now. Most of it's coming from transportation, but now I, I, I can count three off the top of my head in the last two months that they have it somewhere else in their, in their district, and now they want to add it to transportation. Got it. I mean, it, it definitely makes sense, right, Chad, with, you know, the way things are kind of coming, the more that you have to, you know, just the accountability or, or being able to, at the you know, kind of a, a real quick click and a print here's a report of everybody in a classroom or everybody in a building or everybody in a bus. Um, you know, there's a yeah. lot of interesting, you know, just different ways that technology can be used. It, it is funny. Yeah, that uh... I mean, you, you think about, you think about like in businesses and big corporate buildings and stuff, when they have the key card, you gotta use a key card to get in the building. You gotta use a key card to get in the print room. You gotta use the key card to get in the bathroom. Yeah. I mean, like all the, you gotta scan again in certain rooms. It makes sense that, a school would have the same thing. So, you know, where these kids are at, where they've been, if they went into a room and they left to, you know, to go use the restroom, they never came back. Okay. Where did they go? Yeah. You know, I mean, to be able to, it makes sense to use it on for children as well. I mean, specifically for children, especially for children. Yeah. And you even think back to like, what was a stand by me or whatever it was, you know, how do you make sure that only people who are authorized to be in the building, are, have access to the building then as well. So sure. it's a, it's for attendance, but also from a safety standpoint, ensuring that only those who were, who are, who should be in the building are, or have access to it. So Andy, going back to the technology a little bit, is there, I mean, I don't want to get into pricing um, at all, but it just, can you talk to me a little bit about like, once we make the initial investment, and I say we loosely, just a you know department or a district makes the initial investment, what what is I mean, how does technology upgraded? Right, it seems like when you go to Best Buy, you buy a computer. As soon as you walk it off out of the store, it's you know pretty much obsolete, or after a year, it's you know it's got a one year warranty on that. So obviously, I assume CalAmp, Sonovia, they're always going to be you know pushing and pushing to the next. Uh, kind of the next level. So how do, how do I know that I'm not kind of left in the dark or having to pay for this technology again after, say, five years? I got to go out and reinvest a whole bunch of money into upgrading to the latest and greatest system. Yeah, so our our model is that we own the hardware and, and we're leasing it to you. That's, you know, we're not we're not alone in the subscription model. Um, the, the, the beauty part of it is, let's say you you bought, um, you know, 4G hardware, and in three years, Verizon shuts down the 4G network, and you have to be on 5G. 
well, it's it's our responsibility to make sure that your hardware keeps working. And so if if the network goes down, it it's my problem to go out and replace all your hardware to be on the network that's that's available. Um, so that's that's it's on on me. If on the, on the other hand, if uh, let's say in two years from now you you want to use a you're you're done using barcode and you want to go to let's say near field um uh you know like, like you use your apple pay or whatever a, a different technology um barcode still works if you want to change technologies you would you would need to, to to pay for the difference um but otherwise as long as the barcode scanner still works um, then, then that solution is what you you signed up for, and that's what you'd continue to have. If it no longer <laughs> reads a barcode, then it's up to me to replace it. Yeah, and I think that's. I really like that. I mean, that kind of aspect of it. I've got uh, our own technology that we've had for um, probably the last five or six years, and we just got a a letter saying that you know things are sunsetting. We got to figure out how to spend more money to go and and update it. So I think that that's you know. I I appreciate it from an end user perspective, but also do you see any pushback from like business departments that are saying, "Whoa, we're we're spending all this money, but we don't get to own the product at the end of the, you know, the the five term five year lease or the five year agreement." Do do you see that people struggle with that that they don't have a tangible product at the end of the agreement? I know the the CFO that I used to work for would have had a real struggle with that that. You know, when he bought a server for the IT department, he wanted what we owned it and we were done. Um, but in the other hand, do you really want to own the paperweight? I mean, right. it's, yeah. it's, it's no longer updated in five years anyways, and it's going to be only worth, you know, a hundred bucks or whatever you're going to get in an auction with it. It's, it's so. worth the copper that's inside it. That's about it. <laughs> so <laughs> sure. it, 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 uh, I, I don't get that argument hardly ever anymore. Got it's it. like, no, I, I want the newest thing that's going to work the best. And so um, that that's that's more the demand than it is. I need something that's going to last. You know, in, in, in reality, most of those GPS devices, the, the technology in it just to submit data back and forth is pretty simple. And it's gonna it could work for, for 15 years sure. as long as the, the modem was still on a network that would work. So um, that part really isn't the problem. It's the the things you kind of hang off it. And so whether that's the, you know, the, the tablet of the time or the, uh, you know, what kind of reader that you put on there, that those things might change, but the GPS itself is, is, is pretty basic enough technology that we don't see that, you know, e- evolving nearly as quickly as some of the other stuff. Got it. So, um, I still, I still use my home desktop from 2003. It works. <laughs> In solitaire <laughs> works just fine. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Oregon Trail is killing it. <laughs> so, Andy, is there anything that you can, you know, just maybe some on-the-horizon stuff? You don't have to get into the, the weeds with it, but just anything that um, maybe can share about exciting Synovia updates that maybe your users can look forward to and maybe prospective users that um, maybe isn't quite out there, but just a little bit about what's what's coming out. Anything new and exciting? Uh- some some teaser uh so with with synovia we have so there's the all of our our application is is web-based and then there's the the app which for here comes the bus which allows parents to you know they can either web or there's android or or apple ios uh here comes the bus apps Uh, but we also then have a, a synovia app 
which basically was originally intended for your your mechanics or your your office staff. So, you know, it's Saturday afternoon and, and you're at the ball field and you want to check on, you know, that, that bus taking the field trip that you can pull up on your phone and, and track one or, or all of your buses. Um, and it actually, it's a, a feature that, that, that came from Josh that he want to be able to, from that Synovia app, be able to send messages A to my parents or B to my bus drivers from the app. So today you'd have to go into the office or into your computer and send a here comes the bus message to your parents or send it to uh, your you know, the driver of, of bus 10. Well, in, in his use case was, you know, bus 10 just had, you know, gotten an accident or ran off the road. I want to be on, on my, you know, I want to be, be there on site. Also send a message to my parents that ride bus 10 saying that, it, you know, there's there's been a delay and, and expect your child in, in 20 minutes, but also send a message to the driver of bus 20 saying, I need you to come to this location to pick up these kids. And so to be at dispatch is, is not always a luxury that you have. You right. need to be able to to manage some of those resources, you know, when you're when you're on the road. So that's probably a, you know, a, a nice feature. And, and honestly, 99 percent of the features that we've added over the last 15 years have been from our customers. You, know, you you have an idea. It's like, hey, this would really help. You you if it helps you, it's probably helping every one of our customers as well. So right. we're we're constantly taking that kind of feedback and and trying to um, you know improve the product and, and always pushing to to make it better than as as well. The the other one that um, right now the, the the here comes the bus the the parent is I, I call it they're the consumer. They are just reading or receiving information that the here's where the bus is or here's, you know, a notification that's just, you know, gotten close to my, my home stop. Um, the other request that we've gotten is that a parent could look at the app and say, oh, um, you know what? Billy is not riding today. And if they could send dispatch back a message, A, instead of having to call in and, and tell them they're not riding today. And if it's, you know, one of 10 kids at a stop, you know, you know, that's thanks for letting us know, but I don't doesn't really make change our, our route at all but especially on a sped route where we're going an extra two miles out of the way to make that one stop that, that could make the route changes you know pretty significant so sure. um, to be have the the parent to be able to just within a couple of clicks on the app to be able to say that you know today billy is not riding okay and have that information get to the drivers that's probably the the next level that that i'd love to see based on the feedback we're we're getting from our customers today yeah. anything anything to keep the phones quiet right um, right. Yeah. And so all of the, the stuff from the you know dispatcher to, to drivers to, to cut down on radio traffic and then anything to keep those phones from ringing every time, which means that when it does ring, that's you know, a high priority, you know, more important, urgent message that you need to get then as well. So, sure. yeah, reduce radio and reduce phone calls. Yeah. Well, and I think just for the listeners, like there again, there's so much information that um, we didn't even cover today. You know, the messaging aspects, I think, are really nice, you know, to, to be able to message through the MDT, um, both back and forth to dispatch. Obviously, they're not doing it while they're driving, but to, to leave a message and say, hey, when you get to your next stop or when you get to your school, um, you know, step off your bus and give us a call or, you know, something, something that you can alert to um, somebody rather than having to put it over the radio or, um, you know, trying to move them to a private channel, something along those lines. Uh, there, there was a lot of really neat features and there's, there's so much more in this product. I can tell you people that, um, 
you know, it's worth a look if you don't have it. Uh, it's worth a, a pilot, a try, you know, um, Andy, reach out to Andy or, or your, whoever your salesperson is. If, uh, Andy's not the guy, I'm sure he can point you in the right direction. And, you know, there's a, just, like I said, there's so much good stuff that's coming from this. And with all this type of technology, I won't just say Synovia, but everybody that's kind of, you know, figuring it out and, and really pushing the envelope here to, to do what's right for kids, like Chad said, I think this makes a lot of sense and makes a lot of sense for drivers, makes a lot of sense for parents, makes a lot of sense for our students. So, um, you know, just a, a lot of good stuff here, Chad. Yeah, you can track your kid and your pizza <laughs> at the same and time. Amazon. I mean, yeah. and my DoorDash from Filiberto's or my Amazon package. I mean, my gosh, you just just sit on your couch and just watch everybody come to you. Yeah. Make sure it's, it's on, you know safe and on its way. So do you have you have systems in Arizona? Do you have any like larger systems in Phoenix area, like large like school districts? The, he's we, got it got on Higley. Them. I mean Higley is probably their biggest one right now. So uh, aren't you going in Gilbert? I was, the one my kid, I was hoping it was the one my kid is going to school to this year. That's not Higley. Did you guys just get into Gilbert? Uh, no, Mesa. No, not you. Oh, go ahead. you're talking to him. Sorry. Uh, it's Gilbert getting there. We're going to the board next week. <laughs> there you go. So there, there is a couple big ones. It's a Flagstaff, you know, we we've had Patrick on. We just had him on a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, they they have it up there in Flagstaff. I think uh, a couple down in. You said Tucson. So um, you know, I mean, there there's large districts that are doing this, and I think the larger districts seemingly want it and are able to maybe get some ground speed to, to go ahead and, you know, bite something off like this. I can tell you that it's probably pretty difficult from a one, you know, one to two person operation. If you got a small department to, to try and implement it, understand it and learn it. But, um, there's a lot of great people over at Synovia that are, that are willing to, um, you know, take the time and, and really teach you. I was hoping that Steven could be on here, but he wasn't able to. So, um, you know, obviously the summer vacation, everybody's on vacation and it's the way it goes. But, uh, Andy, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day today to, to join us, give us a little teaser. And I hope that, um, you know, folks reach out to you guys to, to find out more about it. Absolutely. Well, Andy, Andy, you've got, you've got until August 3rd to get this implemented in Mesa school district. If you can't get in the whole school district, I'll give you my kid's bus route and you can just get on that bus. and There can be a trial on that bus. Chad, I'd like that, to be able to use it. Chad, that sounds like a great plan. Chad, you're yeah, a parent I, now, I, so you can go blue card at the board meeting and talk to them why, about why they don't have it yet. I could, I could kill two birds with one stone at their board meeting at Mesa, I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, friends. Well, uh, thanks again for tuning in to another episode. Andy, good seeing you. Uh, thanks again for all your support, and uh, I'm sure we'll be talking yeah, thank soon. You, Chad, uh, thanks for joining. I know that um, you're busy closing up shop, and um, you know it's been hot out there, and you're running around. So thanks for supporting the show, and thanks to all the listeners for joining us one more time. So until then, uh, we'll see everybody. Take care and be safe. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Keep it cool, peep. You've been listening to Hey Bus Driver. Thanks for being part of our community. If you're a student transportation professional, you are part of our family. 
the show is coming to a close, but you can reach out online. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Hey Bus Driver Podcast. And check out the website at www.heybusdriver.com. Till next time, this is Hey Bus Driver, signing off.